Hello and welcome to the LPP. Yeah, you know me. That would be the Laughing Place podcast starring Doobie. That would be myself. Fanboy. What's up? Alex. Hey. Rebecca. Hi. And occasionally Gideon. Hi. And um, we forgot about Happy. Yeah. <laughs> Before we start today's show, that we are re- that we are recording on January twenty sixth in the year of two thousand zero hundred and sixteen. I have breaking news. Disney has announced a fifth theme park in the world. At Walt Disney World, oh okay, a fifth theme park at Walt Disney World. Which I'm surprised the scoop was gotten by this particular website. <laughs> really? Given Univision, how big it is, but apparently this park is called Ordeal Kingdom, 350 acres. It is said to incorporate the most aggravating elements of other Disney theme parks into a creative, fully immersive world of irritation. Racketing up the tension until you're ready to go home. Um, it has Tarzan Adventure, a, a, kid-friendly, a kid-friendly obstacle course with dozens of opportunities for parents to lose track of their <coughs> children. Live shows on five different stages, each one tailored to appeal exclusively to one gender and age group all occurring at the same time, once a day during lunchtime. And lots of directors, all from the 1985 movie, The Black Cauldron. Woohoo! So I would like to thank, um, what's this, theonion.com for breaking this story. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm happy hope, to share it with you. I just hope the buxom win- witches from uh, Black Cauldron are out for um, their meet and greets. So, The Onion just bought by Univision. Really? Yeah. Oh. So, hola. Hola. Uh, How do you say? Lo uh, Lognon. Lo yeah. Lo, competing with Lo Pino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Monica Lozano. I miss her. Um, and Po' Boy Sandwich. <laughs> um, and you, Disney is trying to pawn off their half of uni, uh, Fusion to Univision. So, it's Wouldn't a great... Wouldn't that create um, kind of like a Spanish-American language monopoly? Congress can't allow that. American Spanish American language American Monop- Spanish language television <laughs> show Monopoly. No, there's there's still um Telemundo. Telemundo. Where, where they show Pelicula. Really? Every like every night they show the same movie Pelicula. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> I still miss Sabado Jante. <laughs> Jante. Nacho Libra. Lefty <laughs> Caballeros, Saludos amigos. So anyway, um that's the breaking news for today, and now it's time for real news. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, there's a di- new Disney movie coming out on Friday. What would that be? The finest hour. <laughs> so, I haven't seen it. You two have. Yeah. Yeah. Fanboy's seen it twice. Rotten Tomatoes has seen it, and they give it a whopping 41% as of this speaking. I don't understand them. What, 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 I mean, I want to hear Fanboy go first, because he had he got to see it twice. You saw it twice? Yeah. Why? Life happens. Okay. Um, so, here's the problem with movies based on real life. When they're cliche, it's because life is cliched. <laughs> so, you really can't use that as an excuse. Life is... Okay, fine. Right? I mean, the people who died in real life and the people who lived in real life are the same. You know, they're accurate. They didn't... They rescued the right number of people in the film. It's as true to life as you'd expect. Okay. So, that complaint 
while yes, it's true the movie is cliched, not so much in terms of stylistically, but in terms of plot, but it really happened. Um, that being said, I think it's a great use of Disney digital 3D. Um, and so I think that brought a new novel element. In the end, you know, it's a chip, shipwreck, save people movie. Is there the scene with the woman Maybe. looking out onto the sea? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there might. But it's sweet. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you it. Need, just... You need some grounding. Otherwise, it's, it's all men at sea at constant peril and your nerves never get a break. Like Boat Trip. Road trip, boat trip. That's a movie. Look that that movie with um, what's his name from Snow Dogs? Yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. Where they go on a, a like a brother cruise, but then find out it's a different kind of brother cruise. Oh, that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. This is not like that. Um, no, I really, I really like the finest hours. It's set in the fifties in um, in New England, um, which I think is a very romantic period and nice setting. Um, and then it's I mean it's just it's just amazing to watch these guys. They don't have modern technology. They're going off a radar. There's another ship out there that's made a distress call. This other ship Radar's not modern technology? No, no, no. What I mean is like they're seeing a little blip and they think it's a they keep having anomalies on their radar. So Walks they don't think they don't think it's real. They don't think it's actually a distress. No, they think it's just their machine acting up it's again. Not boat. Mr. Friendly's on their yeah. ship. Um but in, you know, at any rate, not actually. The, the, so there's two ships that break in half at the exact same time, and on this particular ship, the front half is what had all the communication devices. So these guys have no way to even let anybody know well, that like they're that stranded really out happen. at sea. It did really happen. So there's another ship that also broke in half at the exact same time that had their communication devices. So all Coast Guard uh, resources are directed to that ship. Oh, no one's coming that for this is other so ship. <laughs> it's true. This really happened. <laughs> And, and I mean, I don't know. I thought it was just amazing. Um, I really liked it. I felt like they they made you care about the characters. The uh, the action was well done. Um, Has you, ben Carson you felt from, the um, danger. Ben <laughs> What's the name of that guy? Ben Foster from uh, Flash Forward fame. It's not Flash Forward. It's Fast Forward. Are you sure? Flash Forward was that ABC show. I know, but are you sure there's not both Flash Forward? I'm pretty sure. What is Fast Forward? It was a Disney Channel show when I was younger that was made in Canada. Canada. Um, Not Canada. The question people really want to know is, how was the accent? <laughs> the the accent is uh, a bit forced. It is not a great accent. So, Can you tell it's not a great accent? So, ho- oh, the lovely and talented Holiday. Holiday Granger. Granger. She, being for being British, does the best New England accent, the best Bostonian accent in the film. Um Yes. Whereas the the Americans, you know, I didn't think Casey Affleck did it bad, but he's from there, isn't he? Right. Yeah, Casey Affleck was good, and I thought Casey Affleck gave the best performance out of the entire film. Um, Chris Pine's accent feels very forced the entire time. He's still doing a good acting job despite the bad accent that he's putting on. But that was that was the only real criticism I could give the film. I didn't. I didn't cite it as being predictable because it's a true story, and I felt Does like that really excuse predictability. Was it? Does that really excuse predictability? The that, it's that it's true. Meaning, I mean, if you're making a true, if you're making, should you're they choosing to make should a movie, they have bent the truth to make the film not no, predictable? But perhaps it's just not an interesting movie to be made. It's still a really good movie. It's the way but I think a lot of times these movies are not true. You know, like the Poseidon Adventure and things true like that. Story. 
Nah. Okay, that is. <laughs> <laughs> you so, die. So I, I think like when you actually have the true story, I think that's the, that's the novelty of it. The other thing, too. It's also filmed. I mean, you know, well, at least I knew going into it that, you know, it was a rescue mission, so they were going to get some people off that ship and get them back, and the main guys were going to live. Cause otherwise, I didn't know that until the premiere yesterday. Otherwise, why is the film being made? But, Perfect um, storm. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but it's like when you're watching a really good movie the second time around, it's still a good movie. That's the way I felt about The Finest Hours. How many times did you see it? Well, I've only seen it once, uh. but I'm just saying because, you know, it, it, it is predictable. That's not a, you know, I don't deny that. But what I'm saying is it's still good. It's still a great time at the movies. Let's go out to the so what you're saying is the cream of the crop is wrong, and you are right. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, how many? It's, the reviews are just starting to come in, and it's already gone up today. I think it's going to continue to go up. I think this is going to land fresh. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's a bold statement. Yeah. good reviews come first than people who didn't get <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why people are having such a problem with this movie. Um, I do know that... At least one other website, the Disney blog, was also extremely enthusiastic, saying had it been released in late, late in the year, perhaps it would have some Oscar buzz. Hmm. So I don't know if you agree with that. I agree with that for probably Casey Affleck, um, Best Supporting Actor, maybe. But that would be like if there weren't that many other great Supporting Actor nominations within the same year. And also I expect next year's Oscars to be um, a much more colorful category of <laughs> nominees so um yeah i would i would say visual effects though the visual effects were really good so good that like you know when you're watching these shots because you know that most of this was probably done on sound stages in little water pools but you never really feel like the ocean is an effect which it probably is and same as with you know whenever there's a big shot of a ship it's probably not really there um and and i never felt like anything felt digital um but it all was. I mean, that's what I, yeah, I, I mean. So that's I, why I think I, I think participated in the roundtable, whatever you w- did with Craig Gillespie, the director from Million Dollar Arm, mm-hmm. and he he talked about how this movie was designed for 3D, designed for all the special effects, and I think when they were going for it, they were going for this kind of you know 3D spectacle film. It doesn't quite get there, but it does offer. An extra dimensions, um, you know, of 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 some neatness. You know, there's there's this one plot element that you know makes the mission particularly dangerous, and just the water and everything, you know, is just it's it's one of the few films that I've seen at Disney where they've screened it for the press in 3D. Normally, because I think that's part of the film here. Oh, why don't? other movies because i don't i think a lot of times they don't view it as um an additive you know it dims the picture it you know the glasses can be a burden so those of us that pay for 3d are just being scammed right well i mean to me that's kind of like the you know there's all these sites that talk about you know is it worth seeing in 3d i always look to see did they screen it for the press in 3d whether i was there or not if they did then it's probably worth it if they didn't probably not worth it (laughs) because if disney doesn't feel like they need to pay for the extra lens or whatever you know filter or whatever they do so i probably won't see this movie until it hits the home thing but it's my my kind of movie yeah, yeah. i really liked it i like do either of you see perfect storm i, I don't not. was that the one with ashton kutcher no that was no. the guardian okay i saw the guardian That's a different <laughs> the water movie you didn't see it family? i didn't see it okay 
That's what I want. Obviously, that's the obvious comparison. So, I am curious how it compares. Oh, what else is going on? Well, I, I want you know. So there was a lot of talk last week about Disneyland and how everything's closed. So I went to Disneyland over the weekend. Um, you know, normally when I go, I'm there to see certain things or do different things or take pictures of construction walls or what have you. And, and this time you had the glorious pleasure of going with my family. Yeah. So my mom really wanted to see the diamond celebration. And I kind of encouraged her to kind of wait a little bit just to wait for the newness to want, you know, get through so we didn't you have... You didn't even wait for the TV special, though. I did not wait for the... <laughs> I did not know the TV special. So we planned this ra- random day in January, which we didn't know was the NAM convention, which, like, takes over Anaheim and <laughs> and just a big burden. But, um, so, unfortunately... After we bought the tickets and everything, we discovered World of Colors close for refurbishment. But what? Yeah, she didn't get to see the World of Color. Right. So she still hasn't seen. She's never seen World of Color. So we'll have to. uh, But the point I'm making is, is I guess, is that the park we still and okay, so we didn't do flat rides, you know, like Dumbo or teacups or anything like that, and we didn't do coasters. We did Star Tours and Indy, but we didn't do. Big Thunder Space. Your mom does yeah. Your dad? Yeah. Um, this all surprised me as well. My parents don't. Um, <laughs> so we still, in two and a half days, did not do everything. So there's still plenty to do at the Disneyland Resort. It also didn't feel like... It also didn't feel like um, the park was particularly closed. Now, granted, the river's not drained, you know... So, I mean, you do lose a little bit of nighttime on New Orleans Square a little bit, but... Um, Did you make it to Tony's? Tony's <laughs> Town Square? No. Italian so, Right, yeah. My parents don't quite understand the difference between Disneyland and Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom a lot of times. Like, why did they remove the other 43 presidents? Which is technically only forty two because Grover Cleveland was out there twice. But um, <laughs> and where and where did they put Tony's? Um, yeah, so we get a lot of that. But um, so you know, with the exception of not being able to get to Frontierland from Fantasyland, I really didn't feel the whole like half day park. You know, why are they closing everything? Thing. How much? Be honest. Don't worry about seeming too, seeming too geeky. How much did you miss the goats? I didn't. <laughs> um, I mean, I love. Don't get me wrong. I love petting zoos. Love me some goat cheese. Right. Yeah. I, I love me some petting zoos. But I don't feel that that I didn't go when I went to Disneyland. because you can, I can go to petting zoos anywhere. That seems silly. Pile of horseshoes. That I didn't miss at all because I've probably seen it twice, and that's about it. It's going to be really fun to be able to walk all the way around Disneyland when this is done. Yeah. Like, you know, not have to double back. Because Critter Country will connect to Star Wars Land, theoretically. Theoretically. Or and rumored. which will connect to what? Frontierland. Frontier. I mean, Frontier excuse me, the segue from Critter Country to Star Wars Land does not make sense. This is a terrible <laughs> idea. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, so Star Wars Land will theoretically connect to... Fantasyland and Frontierland and Critical. Well, be where like Big Thunder Trail is. 
So what's the access you're going to get that you didn't have before? You through Critter Country. Walk around the river. You used to have to, if you went to Critter Country, you had to double back oh, through. Oh, Critter Country. Okay. So I'm you'd sorry. be able to go all yes. the way around. Not, not the Critter Zoo. No, <laughs> you're saying Critter Country, and I'm hearing Frontierland, no matter how many times you say it. Okay. <laughs> right. But, so it'll be nice. You go to Winnie the Pooh, and you don't have to just Except there'll of, be land access, know, because it'll, it'll be so popular that you can't actually get into Star Wars <laughs> Will they do what we really want, is to connect Critter Country and the parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> so, Wouldn't that be fun? And then I got to meet Kylo Ren, which was like the highlight of mm, my day. Very nice. Were you afraid Don't that he might lash out to yeah, some kind of a it, anger fit? I got to say. Or more importantly, did he was he Kylo Ren or did he go undercover? <laughs> yeah, I met Matt. <laughs> um, I know it's hokey, but the talking rubberhead thing is pretty cool mm-hmm. he talks yeah he talks yeah, yeah. Okay. and so he so they tell you you go into the meet and greet and i never did i did the darth vader visa thing but i never did the main darth vader th- so i don't know what that experience oh, so when, like. you, when you meet darth vader as part of launch bay he talks too mm-hmm. yeah okay. yes, he does. but he's not in launch bay anymore so oh he's not no because they got a kylo. kylo they put in oh. kylo they can't exist in the same place at the same time or there'll be like a little cold fusion thing and except in star tours um which More drove my brother crazy that how I'm can Darth sure. Vader be there, but then also have Finn? <sighs> Sedatives. Um, Did you look disappointed about the goats? Okay. <laughs> I, um, but so he, so you stand, they like, do not, and they're like, do not move forward until Kylo Ren summons you. Do not move. And so you're like, okay. And he comes up, kind of leans over you honestly, and says something about dark side, yada, yada, yada. And then he like beckons you in. He gets your, you get your picture, and then he follows you out and talks about how he's going to turn you to the dark side. And, you know, it's, as a grown-up, when you were trying to <laughs> – so it's hard to interact with the characters when they don't talk sometimes. But now, like, you can feel like you play along a little bit easier, and it feels a little less stupid to do it. Just a little bit. See, I actually like kind of prefer the whole like you give them a high five, you give them a hug, you get your picture, you wave goodbye, you're out of there. Now it's like I gotta talk to you. It's just pre-recorded stuff. It's not like he's gonna hold a conversation. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. I don't know when the prince when you meet a princess and you're growing up and they're like, oh, welcome to my kingdom. You're like, I'm in Southern California. Leave me alone. <laughs> I, oh no, I lo- I loved it. <laughs> I loved doing the magic with the prince. <laughs> wow! There's a title. <laughs> I love doing the magic with the princesses. But I, I like re- interacting. Po- you like yeah, role playing because they are from Arendelle and Beast Town and all these places. And sure. Beast mode. <laughs> Beast mode. Or in the case of Protein. Snow White, the forest, and you know, having a conversation with their as such. It's a part of the magic. But sometimes, like, sometimes walk up this but sometimes you're eating an Acker shoes and you're just waiting for your shikaka and you don't want to be bothered. You just don't want to be bothered. I fear you did that on purpose. I feel it's like the, it's what it's called. I feel like sure I is. feel like if you're going to Acker shoes, I can spell you should it for really you. know what you're. It's like go booking at Whispering Canyon. You know. You're not going to. You're not paying forty bucks an <laughs> acrochuse for the food. You know what we are because that those meatballs are pretty darn special. They're worth it. Well, one of the fascinating things for us as as parents was that um, our son. Most kids go through this phase of being afraid of the giant characters, mm-hmm. 
ours was always afraid of like the princesses. It I wasn't, was, I was, it, it wasn't the, the large way. costumes. It, it was wasn't, the... it wasn't the princesses that scared me, but, um, when I was a kid, I was totally fine walking up to like space mini Mickey and Minnie at Epcot, but Dreamfinder, Dreamfinder didn't creep me out. It was the figment puppet. And I loved figment in the ride, but the but puppet, the puppet oh, really crazy. bothered me. Cause you could see Dreamfinder's arm and like figments in it. And like, yeah, the, I was trying to like, yeah. I knew it wasn't real, but Something I didn't quite in your know. your brain said, this isn't quite right. Yeah. yeah and no, like, and funny. also figment when he gave you a kiss, he was a pretty hard plastic and it hurt. Like I remember like piercing my cheek and like feeling see, sore. I wonder if that may be what happened with, our boy because it just so happened that right around the time he was old enough to kind of process this kind of thing I think he may have been about two um, we ended up for some reason close to someone who had that type of occupation mm-hmm. and I think he may have stumbled upon them at work oh. and recognized them from outside of work mm-hmm. and so therefore you know kind of it caused his little brain to go hmm and then from then on you know and i don't know for yeah. sure but i've always wondered if it was one of those things because i you know it was one of those situations where i have family who worked there you end up with roommates housemates mm-hmm. whatnot and you know you never know where they're going to be employed so, so as a cat as a guest i am unable to t- once you put a wig on i can't recognize you i can recognize i can't really? recognize anybody i can recognize guys but not girls i've known girls who have taken on a a role yes. and did not recognize them in <laughs> their costume. To... But um, with the guys, I think it's a little less harder to, except for like Jack Sparrow. I think it's a little less harder to disguise yeah. yourself when you're just putting on yeah, a, a prince wig yeah, and yeah. costume. I, I, I'm with you, fanboy. They just disappear. So... Because you have a very good friend who in her younger days was a friend of Snow White. And I've seen a million pictures of her as a friend of Snow White, and not once have I ever recognized her. I've been her. like, oh. So Whereas her husband, who was a friend of a chimney sweep, stands out like a... <laughs> <laughs> so... I guess a chimney sweep. He could just be a chimney sweep. So I'll be walking through the park, and someone will come up to me as a character and will be incredibly friendly. friendly. Yeah. And I'll go, hi... Like, and I'll try and walk, and then like three weeks later, I'll be like, "Oh, I saw you the other day." I don't remember that. Like, oh, that's awesome. Or, or you know, the the folks that wear um a little bit more head covering, the um, they'll do the sign where they will point to their eye, their yes. head, and then you. So right. I know you. Yes. And then that's just like. What's, what drove me? What drove what drove me crazy? It must have been somebody that I knew in my college program, but like hadn't seen in years. And so it was like maybe three years after I did my internship, and an Eeyore was doing that to me. And I'm like, I don't even think I know anyone in entertainment right now. Who oh, are how you? Funny. Like, well, and then so I was a I was a operations manager for Main Street. So I did I I did parade control. So I'd be watching the parade, like watching for the guests, and they'd point to me and be like. I know you know me. <laughs> Everyone in this parade knows me. That's helpful. You're not. <laughs> this has been That's... another edition of cast member problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like with that Steve Harvey thing. The meme that I sent over to my family yeah. was, um, "You've been you've been ER'd. 
oh, you've been extended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And then it's like so cast member. Be- before, I, before I work in deployment where you process the ERs. Um, <laughs> Which is early release. Early release. I, like, I want to leave work early. Without pay. I almost bought a shirt um, online that said, can I have an ER? <laughs> <laughs> So I it took me for it took me a little bit to figure that out because my siblings would use it and I'm thinking emergency room because that's what it means in my life. And what like, I love why are well people should. Re- well, why just, are people requesting emergency room so I just, often? Yeah, I just I just love how Disney acronyms everything to the point where I want to go home early becomes can I have an ER? But like if you want to stay longer, it's just can I extend? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's. I remember working and. People would, they would go like, they would schedule in such a way where your shift was completely inadequate. You could either ER or extend, but what they actually scheduled you was completely inefficient. <laughs> and so you'd be like, you go up to a cast member and be like, you got, I can do two things for you. Do you want more out money or less money? But what you're making right now, not working for me. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, we're talking cast member life now. Yeah. It's what, funny. What's the worst part of being a cast member? I I really enjoy the worst part's probably the hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, not not the length of hours, but the unknown. Well, the, the, the well, for a lot of sheer I mean, for a lot of people I've dealt with of the it was randomness the yeah. of, like Animal Kingdom was the highest dim, like everybody wanted to move to Animal Kingdom because Animal Kingdom was pretty much an hours, 8 to 5 yeah. operation and <laughs> you were <laughs> you were you were not going to get extended. You probably weren't going to be able to ER either, either but you were just guaranteed that these are the park's hours. Mm-hmm. When you work Magic Kingdom, and especially when you're new, your schedule can be be in at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. and it can be stay as late as 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Sometimes sometimes there is no true close. 24 hours. It, I mean, during during Christmas time, the closers are leaving as the openers are coming in for big attractions. Wow. Well, I mean, and because it takes so long to cl- it's almost like why do they close it? Because it takes so long to close the procedures, and then the opening procedures pretty much have to start right as they're closed. Well, I mean, they have to do their. I mean, but they have to law. do yeah. Six, um, yeah but but they the if if you're frontline, I mean, forget being new, brand new, or college program where you're kind of all over the map. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're reg- if you're a regular cast member, you get fairly consistent hours. Um, you know, they might go, you know, range a little bit, but you're either mornings or afternoons or mm-hmm. nights and you get regular days off, except, you know, if you get a six day or something, then they get you accustomed to that. And then they say, oh, you want to be a leader? We'll make you a coordinator, like lead at Disneyland. And then they go do this thing where you get two closed shifts, a mid shift and two open shifts or oh something like that They're... called progressive scheduling. Mm. And it's the same goes through same with leadership. And it's designed to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> and like boot camp. They, they, uh. and, and I remember what. So Disney was really active in healthy pursuits, like trying to make you healthier. Which yes. great. I was always okay. sick by the end of my progressive schedule, so, so my two days off, I was just trying to recuperate and get ready to do it all again. I remember I, probably the maddest I've ever been at quote Disney was when they sent me an email from my health coach reminding me to make sure I keep a consistent sleep pattern. Oh, and I'm, I forwarded dude. it to my boss, and I'm like. I find this offensive. <laughs> and what, what drove me crazy about that, even f- like even for the leads and the managers, was why can't it be that you're you're the opener? Like you, Monday, right, th- yeah. you're, you're Monday through your Friday, you are an opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a mid. You're a closer. Like what's what's wrong with that? And and as a courtesy, if you're a leader at Animal Kingdom, you don't talk schedule with people from Magic Kingdom. No. When the closer comes in at one thirty, you just you just don't talk. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Because when I went to transportation, which was legitimately a 24-hour, sh- you know, mm-hmm. operation, I, there was third, you know, I would come in at 10 o'clock at night sometimes, and then I would I would start my day, t- um, sometimes I would have two days of 10 o'clock, starting at 10 o'clock night. By the time I got to my Friday, three days later, I was coming in at four in the morning, and that hurt. But that being said, I would highly recommend anyone work for Disney. It's great. It I is. Mean, no, no it, it, it really it, it is. Oh, every, you wouldn't do I, it if you didn't. Love I know. It. I, yeah. I know that. I mean, every job has its challenge. There's well, you no, know, there's no yeah, job. I'm curious. There's no job that you can, you know, have, have we talked really have a challenge. Have we talked really about the management reorganization that was announced on here? Yeah, I can't remember. Did we? I don't no, think I don't we did. Because it didn't happen. So, because I'm, I'm curious. Didn't. I'm curious if. As part of that, if if um, uh, what's his name, Bob Chepek is trying to move away from, I don't think it's a Bob Chepek thing. You think it's um, a? I think it's a George Calgary thing. Calgary's. So, I mean, a little bit of backstory is it used to be the parks were a little bit more autonomous and they had different leadership yes. structures. And at Epcot, where George was leading at the time as VP of Epcot, they had something called Mac which was merchandise attraction custodial. And you managed that for, let's say, a pavili- you know, a set of pavilions or something. So it would be like Living Seas and Imagination Mac team. So they controlled the merchandise attractions and custodial. And obviously because George implemented it, I think he liked it. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is going – it used to be Magic Kingdom would have a general manager for attractions, entertainment, food and beverage, merchandise, and I think that's it. You oh, know there are four different general managers. Right, four different general managers. Custodial didn't have their own? No, that fell under attractions. attractions. Mm-hmm. So now they're saying, okay, Main Street, an arrival, so turnstiles, whatever, will be a general manager. So they'll have Emporium, Tony's, and Main Street operations will fall under a general manager. And Tomorrowland will have a general manager. Adventureland Liberty Square will have a general manager. And Pantasyland will have a general manager. And then... They're, so they're obviously they're adding garbage load of general managers, and they're reducing. So a frontline manager will only be two steps removed from a general manager. So which was the way it was when I was there, but they added sort of like another level of management for not everybody, but for busy departments, and they're cutting that. Mm. So um, it's weird because from a consistency standpoint, because you think like you won't, you don't want to have. Buzz Lightyear being su- run substantially different than the Haunted Mansion, just mm-hmm. from a guest experience standpoint. Right. But, um, and there's still like, there's a director of attractions that will kind of consistentize that. But I get it, particularly from, you know, now that we're building tar- Star Wars Land and Toy Story Land, that you want to have that experience be consistent. And, you know, end to end. So the, the merchandise plays with the, um, attractions and the food and beverage because when i was in operations at least under phil's domain attractions owned it so if they didn't like what a food location was doing i mean granted they didn't you know wasn't talking about the menu but operationally Mm -hmm. they would go in and change it they would say you know you need to get your queue in control as they go through the store and it was a mess we were supposed to call because phil if there was if he walked through the emporium and found it was a mess he wouldn't call the merchandise person he would call the operations person and make them talk to the merchandise person. So it's 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 a different experience. I mean, I, it just it's weird to think that these people who, you know, generally when you become a leader, you don't go from merchandise to attractions to food and beverage. To, right. So you know, you there's going to be a huge learning curve. I think you're going to see a lot of change. I mean, from a, this is not going to affect you 
today as a guest. Mm-hmm. They're not, the, the reorganization didn't, you know, didn't come with huge changes in the guest offerings or anything like that. But it's definitely going to give you a different feeling once once the the leaders, the GMs, feel that they need to leave their mark. Mm-hmm. It's going to have some level of impact. Yeah, the guest experience. My my main concern is I like when I was in an on stage role, I was in attractions, but then I went into an area where I supported all lines of business, and it really took me a long time to um, comprehend the fact that like with foods during during lunch during dinner time, no one's getting a break. It doesn't matter if they haven't had a break for four hours leading up to that. It is now dinner time. No one's leaving the line. Like there's we're not changing our operation, and they can call the union if they're unhappy. Whereas attractions, it's like, yeah, there's a two-hour wait, but this person hasn't had a break in two hours, so they're getting their break. Oh, wow. And merchandise is the same way. If there's a line in the store, breaks aren't happening. And that's just a matter of different management either. Yeah, well, and well, like, I mean, attractions, they're used to having I mean, I mean you can't wait for there not to be a line. So the other thing, too, that's weird is, like, attractions has to have, for safety requirements, like, X number of positions up. Then they can add fluff stuff if they need to, if it's busy, but, but there's a bare minimum they can run with. Merchandise... Um, if if there's no line, they can drop like all but right. one register if they want to. You know, like it's just it's completely different. The one th- and it's I, I, like it's just operationally, it's it's weird. To I me. have a huge huge respect for guest relations. Mm-hmm. That you, but that being said, mm-hmm. some of those people do not understand operations. Right. And when I was in um, Main Street, someone would there's. Like maybe once every other month, I'd get a call from a guest relations person. Um, it's at three o five, asking me if I can fi- go check the railroad for a lost hat, and I'd be like, "No." <laughs> well, and then they would go, "Well, what do you want me to do?" I don't know. Your yeah. guest relate like, relate to the guest. <laughs> like a parade is about to happen, and, uh, and I mean, I was so because there was a time funny. when I had a lead when I, I was a manager and my boss was new. Like I I didn't have a great I don't want to say I didn't have a great – I didn't have a bad relationship. I just hadn't developed a relationship with her yet. And it was 4th of July, and some guy lost his hat at PhilharMagic. And we looked at it, looked for it, and we couldn't find it. So he went to get lost and found at Guest Relations. Guest Relations called me, and it was 12 o'clock on 4th of July, which is – from attractions like 11 to 3 is the peak time. That's the meet. Mm-hmm. And that's when we're judged about getting guests through and everything. And they go, can you come to Guest Relations to talk to this guy about his lost hat? I said, No. And I go, well, why not? I'm not available. I'm managing Fantasyland because, you know, 4th of July, it's waited tonight because of fireworks. And I, there was just not ability mm-hmm. for me to cover it. And they go, they, he says, so, and I, 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 I and he kept pushing and I was like, so what do you want me to do? I'm like, I don't know your job. And so I, I was just like, I had it because yeah, this guy would boy, not, would boy, not, not <laughs> call, keep, he would kept calling me. And so finally I get a call from his boss. He was like, uh, I heard you were rude to my cast member. I'm like, your cast member is an idiot. <laughs> and I, I'm wow. not going to talk to a guest. The real about, side of family. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to sacrifice 2,000 so, yeah, guest experience say, like, for a lost. Ha- I mean, if it was a wallet or something, you know, something important. Medication. I mean. Just no strings the guy a new hat and move on with your life, right? I mean, no string. I mean, you know, comp him a hat, yeah. yeah. And because it's so. Far, I mean, if it was third, you know, yeah. August twentieth, different story. But I just couldn't go. Send no, to the so, Emporium yeah. for a so, complimentary hat of yeah, his choice. So he calls my boss, 
And my boss goes like, I got this call. Like, what happened? I was like, it was 11 o'clock, and he wanted me to talk to this guest about a hat that we didn't have. There was nothing I, I couldn't – there was nothing I was going to say <laughs> that was going to make this hat. Make right. the hat and so I didn't feel like there was – I made a call that going down to City Hall from Fantasyland was not the right thing to do today. I felt it was, it was more important for me to monitor Dumbo and do all these things. And I mean – Cause, Gotta well, make sure those elephants keep spinning. Well, yeah, I mean, well, no, I mean, there isn't, because that's the big wait, and yeah. you, you can really get it going and really cut the wait time down, because, I mean, this was before the do- dueling dumbos and all that. And so my boss... Find out how you cut the dumbo wait line. Come back to it. But so, so... Three people to every elephant. So, no. <laughs> so you... They... I and so I go like you know I'm sorry I'm sorry if I made the wrong call but I had to make a call and you know yeah. I'm a leader in this organization and so what do we do and she goes I'm gonna talk to him <laughs> and she started she because now it's like the fifth this didn't happen the day out right? right she goes down the next and she with her you know pickers and everything and she oh, comes awesome. and I I'm, I'm just sweating right, I'm just like because picking up trash I didn't know on the way. I didn't know what this guy was gonna say when like right, he yeah, actually met my yeah. leader like you know he told him to you know start worshiping the devil and I mean who knows what this right. woman was gonna this guy was gonna end up saying and she and I go so she comes back and I'm like I'm like like I'm, I'm sorry I just Ooh, I had yeah. to make a call and she goes no you made the right call. You know, I told him that there's nothing you could have done, and it was really uh, inappropriate for guest relations to call, ask for a leader to go out of the operation for a hat. You know, because you know, there's totally good reasons to go. You have a cast member, you know, cast member acting inappropriately. Where I want to know the details, but there's nothing I could have done for the hat, and so. I feel like we bonded over that, right? Because like, because like, it was just like, thank you for not being political. I mean, there's as as some people will laugh, but there's not a lot of politics at Disney, <laughs> relatively. I mean, in operational age, because it's all about all you have to do is say what's the right thing to do for the guests, and if you go to someone and be like, why do you make the call? And you go, I thought it was the right thing to do for the guests. There's really nowhere for them to go, you know. There's and so. <laughs> You, 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 I, it's, I, I was, uh, it was just one of those times when you just realize some people understand operations and some people don't. It's interesting. I have to admit, um, I have to admit that given how, um, little guests know of ops, I'm surprised there isn't somebody who just says they are. Like, guest relations go, oh, well, let me go get somebody from there. And then somebody who doesn't yeah, know anything about Fantasyland yeah. comes over and says, um, yes, I'm the area manager. You get any, What's you your get problem? anyone in a dress shirt coming yeah, no, out, it I looks, mean. they like, look yeah. important. I, I've, done, just, I've been a food manager. I've done that. I'm, I'm just My I'm office, have, when I'm I was surprised. on Main was above City Hall. And when they didn't have enough guest relations managers, I would play the part of a guest relations manager. I couldn't do anything. And I would always have to go, like, um, can you just, like, give this guy 50 bucks? You know, like, whatever I felt was appropriate. Yeah. You know, I'd have to go to the guest relations cast members because they actually knew how to do it. And, but it's, it's, I mean, I remember on days like that, I'm just surprised that on days like that, like a July 4th scenario, that this isn't just the go-to shit. Like, okay. You know, that, that there isn't a, like Phil has not Mm -hmm. talked to guest relations and been like, okay, today you need to take as much as you can off these guys mm-hmm. plates because this is what's going on which so. is really the whole point of guest relations so here you go you know it's just it's just a fascinating i remember fascinating thing I'm the, i wasn't a manager at this point but i remember working at uh soren and we had a fire 
or we thought there was a. I don't. I think we actually had a fire, like something small. I mean, it wasn't like a huge. Fire, I understand. But the you know the firewalls coming down. We got to evacuate the building and everything. Hmm. And we get a call from guest relations saying they have a long line. What can they do? What can we do about it? I, I'm dealing with the fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Call anybody else. Right. Or you know the. Uh, you know, every once in a while, Epcot had this like thing where the power would surge and like everything would go down, and you'd be, they'd be like, "Thanks, Kimia like, Core." Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you? What can I do? Oh, how funny! So it's funny, but you know, then we would step up too if there was something where gasolation just got slammed. You mm-hmm. know, fireworks got canceled or whatnot. You know, we'd go there and help them, and you know, get the birthday buttons out of the line and give them to them it, because it's what you do. <laughs> Gideon is just letting know that he loves cast member stories and he wants more. I will. Ha- I will give you a lot of. Sto- I have we're, we're, thirteen years of stories, Gideon. I'll give you a lot of I them. I think it's. I think based on my experience with you and other cast members, I think um, obviously people know that Disney is all about the guest experience, but I think people would be surprised at how deep that actually goes and how hardcore they're. I mean, they all. People don't work the kind of ridiculous hours that you work at a theme park if you don't yeah. hardcore believe it yourself. And not, that's just, what's the, not what just the front line, but going up the line. And some, and some of them are better at expressing it than others, but every one of them has a hospitality gene somewhere because it, it, you just don't end up there. There's a couple. It's nice to work with people that are all you know, 95% dedicated to the job. So you don't have mm-hmm. to like convince some. You, know, you don't have to do a lot of motivating your peers to get do what's right. Also, the other thing that's beat in your head all the time is integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go to someone and be like, eh, it's just not safe or, you know, not the right thing to do. You know, we say the red face test. Would we want, would we be embarrassed if it got out that we approved this? Mm-hmm. And if the answer was no, we just didn't do it. Right. And, I mean, that came straight from Bob and we had to do all these integrity trainings and all these things and it was, you never, we never questioned integrity. We never, you know, Outside of show things where we would, you know, lie just to make a good show. Right. We, we always were honest and straight up and took care of the guests. So how do you make Dumbo line go faster? So, so Dumbo, right, you load it, and there's two people normally, two cast members, and they kind of circle half of it, right. checking mm-hmm. seatbelts, and then they each push the green button and it goes up. So what you would do is not everyone understands the concept of getting in the vehicle and putting on your seatbelt. Also, you know, Dumbo, now you have to have the inside guest go in first. And the little someone, person. Yeah, I'm sorry. Obviously, obviously the inside guest is yeah. going in first. Uh, and then you, know, <laughs> you can't have someone under the age of seven but riding by themselves. Mm-hmm. And so those situations would come up. And so what you would do is, is you'd walk. The, the, the cast member would walk, find the problem child, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you would say... I got it, you know, and wait with the cat, get that particular Dumbo, and they would see if there's any more problem children, and then, you know, you would kind of hurry it up or take their picture or do whatever, and just right. so that you would continue along, then back up, get out of Dumbo's way, and give the clear and go. Gotcha. And some, there's something to be said about being there just to kind of pump up the cast and get them going. Make it, I mean, during – and practically any attraction, with the possible exception of, like, Hall of Presidents or something – during those Christmas, Fourth of July, whatever spring break days, they're all doing ride through games. You know, trying to trying to beat their score, yes. trying to get as many guests on there as possible. Mm-hmm. And 
You so know. please select the room, move all the way down. Yeah. Guests <laughs> traveling in wheelchairs, making sure they're counted is a big deal because, like, you know, you have to manually do that on a oh, lot of attractions. Okay. And so you'd go and you'd be like, okay, I know there's more than three wheelchairs. I wrote Small World today. And so you'd have to stick someone just basically watching the wheelchairs <laughs> to make sure they got counted, which mm-hmm. is a little bit of a, you know, unfortunate thing that we have to do it to get the reporting right. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. So you call them Dumbos? Like each individual one is a Dumbo? Yeah. It's not like... A ride there's vehicle. like one Dumbo. No, like an elephant maybe, but just to think that well, each that's one That's too many syllables. We cast members do not use like four-syllable words. Quite. That's a good point. No. I mean, it's... They, they also like... I mean, they also try and make names for things because they don't want it to be Object 37 or Show Scene 7. They like to come up with things to make it a little bit more magical. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Cool. That's, that's our unexpected cast member segment for the day. For We did the vast majority of these shows without Sandboy admitting he was a cast member, so it was kind of fun to have it out in the open. Just Finally. like his name, Fanboy. Oh, so what, what other Disney stuff do we have? They, uh... Nothing, right? Aladdin just made a pretty major announcement. Um, They've announced that they're starting a tour for spring 2017. um, And the only city announced yet is Chicago, but that's where they're going to debut it. It's going to be interesting because to me, Aladdin is such the genie is one of those roles where James Monroe Iglehart kind of owns it. It'll be weird to see. But, like, there's got to be a fair amount of people who've seen the understudy because he's not always available. And I'm sure. Or the DCA version. Or the DCA version. Um,. So I mean, I'm I'm curious to see. I would actually. I'm also curious to see who they do because um, Mary Poppins, when they started that tour, they sent the original yeah. Mary and Bert out on the tour to launch it. Um, and so I'm curious to see if they'll send James Monroe Iglehart on the first, you know, several major cities. Oh, and one interesting thing about Aladdin, cute sign at Hyperion Theater right now. When's Frozen coming? In summer. Oh, not the marquee of the Hyperion Theater. But I'm bumped. I like the other Disney theatrical news that came out today. Or this this week. week? Yeah. Uh, Freaky Friday? Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really exciting. Um, Starring Lindsay Lohan, right? That would be weird. Uh, <laughs> no, but but they're, they're bringing Freaky Friday to the stage. Lindsay think... Lohan is the daughter and Jodie Foster is the mother. There you go. There's the casting. Be a freaky Friday. I think I think it's um I think it's a surprise. I don't think it, it's something that people expected them to... I've heard it, it was in the works forever. Okay. And I kind of figured it was one of those things that would be in the works forever. And not yeah, it just never happen. happened. Like Dumbo. But they like to do this thing now where they kind of, yeah, like Dumbo, where they work on a show and say, oh, we're just going to license it. And yeah. then if it's really big, they put it to Broadway. Newsies. Or Hunchback. Yeah. Is Hunchback going to go to Broadway? No. No. Oh, and that's, like, I guess this is all similarly on topic. So the Hunchback soundtrack came out last week. For Marshall's sake, I just want to say that it is a cast recording. Okay. Not a soundtrack. It is the cast recording of the cast that performed at San Diego and New Jersey, um, which was the production that was possibly going to go to to uh, um, Broadway. Um, and it's it's become a really big deal. Like more people have listened to it than saw the show. And I keep seeing all these posts online. Like they made you a huge mistake formed. not bringing it to Broadway. Um, they did not. That I know, and not. I will. I will say the music is much better than the show itself. And listening through it, still, when I get to the ending, I'm disappointed. I loved. I loved the show, mm-hmm. but it's so heavy. See, and I didn't. I so loved, so heavy. I love the movie, and I 
I liked the show. I I was very lukewarm to it by the end. There were some things I thought were fantastic. There were a lot of creative choices that I thought took it a little too far, a little too black box theater, and not enough, you know, Broadway spectacle. And then I, I just, that is such a downer. It is a doubt. I mean, it, it, that it, you know, stay, I think they made a mistake keeping the ending true to Victor Hugo. They could have added all the other elements and still given it the Disney ending. Well, and I mean, I guess that's part of the problem with the whole property is, you know, it's it probably really. I mean, I, I like the animated feature, but it's a little. It sort of personifies Disneyfication. Yeah, and. and I mean, cause and, I, and, the, and the way so I, felt about I just the I just show. can't see Disney theatrical being see um, Lion King, see Aladdin, and see Hunchback of Notre Dame. Well, what, what was funny too, I was surprised when we went to see it in San Diego that they didn't put Disney above the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Like it didn't say Disney is the Hunchback of Notre Dame. It was just you were watching the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and it wasn't until you were flipping through the page pay, uh, playbill that you even saw that Disney theatrical had a, a credit on it. When you need to like think of Aida to give yourself an upper after seeing a show, Aida <laughs> Aida was a much more uplifting show, and I loved and Aida. They die. <laughs> I loved Aida, but they die. But there's there's that whole like reincarnation meeting in the museum. But they're dead. But they're reincarnated. That doesn't do you a lot of good because you're dead. I don't know. I loved Aida, and and I, if Aida came back, I would be like one of the first ones buying tickets to and planning a trip to New York to see it again. Um, King Lear? But, but Hunch, Hunchback, King David. I mean Hunchback. There's now King a licensed, <laughs> there's now a licensed production <laughs> happening um, in Sacramento, and like you know, it's really not that far. It's about an hour away, and I don't plan to drive to see it because I really don't care to see it again. I would, I would be okay. Never. I mean, as I said, I liked it, I loved it, but no, it's it's one thing to put yourself through the ringer, just to put, but knowing you're going to put yourself through the ringer is mm-hmm. so difficult for me. See, and there's there's shows I am deformed. There's shows and movies that make me cry that I want to watch again because there's you know an uplifting. I didn't see that movie. <laughs> um, there's an uplifting piece to it, you know. But um, the the Broadway version of Hunchback did not have that to me. Another another thing with the soundtrack that um, when I first saw the show, a, a change of opinion. When I first saw the show, someday, which was the Boys to Men end credit song, is in the show and it's um, first sung by Phoebus and Esmeralda as a duet. And I had always envisioned that, like just based on the lyrics, as like Quasimodo's song. Plus, in the in the film at least, it's used in the score to kind of underline Quasimodo's um, sadness in a lot of places. Do you, do you know what, you know what Phoebus means, Doobie? Some Some god. God. Um, is, is Jolly in it? No, Jolly. Uh, the goats are just getting it. Busy, <laughs> <aren't> yeah, <laughs> but, but um, the uh, I noticed in the soundtrack, and I didn't quite notice it when I saw the show that someday does come back in at the finale when Quasimodo is leaving Notre Dame. So it is kind of about all three of them, and I liked that in retrospect. I didn't notice it when I saw the show. Someday, I feel like boat, Goat Trick is next. You watch. <laughs> Disney Theatrical Presents Boat Trip. <laughs> oh, Goat Trick. Oh, Goat Trick. <laughs> that would be a different kind they, of show. They took away the running of the goats. <laughs> they took away Jolly. Now all that's left is the Goat Trick of Bing Thunder Mountain. How long can it be? Well, and fa- I know a couple people with the uh, Broadway version of Aladdin who are like livid that a poo isn't in it. A poo? 
Apu. The monkey? Abu. Abu, sorry. Apu is... Apu. Thank you, come again. Yeah, sorry. Abu. I've been watching too much Simpsons. Abu is not in it. Anything else? Oh, um, so going back to Freaky Friday, um, I mean, they haven't announced any casting things, but music is being written by um, the guy who wrote the music for Adina Menzel's If Then. So if you're looking for kind of And a, Spring Awakening. So those are two and uppers. And Spring Awakening. So, so neither, neither show is an upper, but both have some pretty good music. I really dislike Spring Awakening as a show, but there are a couple songs. Um, they're pretty good. And If Then has some, even though they're not always uh, Disney-friendly with the lyrics. I, can't, if, I could never see If Then. I just keep seeing computer programming in Mm. <laughs> no way. Especially the way they stylize it with the. I'm just curious how it is without Adina Menzel because now she's officially left the show. I think it just finished its run in LA and she's leaving the tour to go do something else. So, anyone catching it in other cities, let me know how if then is minus Adina Menzel. Put that out there. Yeah. We'll get the word out. I want to know. I want to know. Can you show me? I want to so, know about the strangers like me. Well, there's a show that never got a tour. Let's have a nice abbreviated edition <laughs> of the show. Yeah, I think it's been kind of oh, quiet. The only uh, other yeah. thing um, coming up is next Tuesday, the Diamond Edition, or not Diamond Edition, the Walt Disney Signature Collection of Snow White is coming out. Um, so if, if anyone missed the Diamond Edition, now's your opportunity <laughs> to buy Snow White at um, regular prices. If you have the Diamond Edition, you're losing about half the bonus features and getting the movie in the exact same transfer. And if you missed this one too, just wait. I'm sure the... You know what? You know what's funny is... Um, <laughs> the notarized. So in 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 Europe, they, are, they have done away with the vault. Like, they brought back everything. So like, if you're looking for uh, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, movies that are in the vault here and go for a lot of money on eBay, go to Amazon.uk and just have it imported because they're usually region free check that first if it's region free um but they've done away with the vault in other countries and i have a feeling that they're trying to do away with the vault here partially because it's so easy to pirate a film if a company doesn't have it readily available and so i think disney realizes they're losing money by taking these films away for five years at a time they also have disney life in the uk which i wonder if that goes into it might um but I mean, I I I kind of feel like this is the last time we'll see these films like being not not released in general. But you will you will I think they're going to do away with it, where you won't see Snow White go away in two years and then wait five years for it to come back. I think it's just going to be available now for public consumption without any kind of a vault system. Did you learn anything interesting about Oswald the Lucky Rabbit? I would just say it was an interesting interview. Nothing really stands out. I recommend you read it <laughs> on laughingplace.com, the website. What interview? I interviewed some animation historian. Okay. Whose name escapes me right now, unfortunately. <laughs> because it was a last minute assignment because yeah. Fanboy was off playing in I Disneyland. Oh. 100% forgot about it. Thankfully, my calendar gave me a 15-minute alarm. <laughs> <laughs> so I had 15 minutes to come up with my interview questions. Frankly, I didn't think I did a pretty good job. <laughs> but um, it, it was interesting. I think the most interesting answer I got from him was when I asked the question, you know, had Walt not lost Oswald, do you think Oswald would have morphed to become the corporate symbol like Mickey did? And I, I liked his answer, but I don't want to butcher it. So read the article. Read the article. Yeah. 
that will be up by the time we post this tomorrow? It's in- probably not. No, probably not. No. Right, we'll, probably, we'll probably run it on the day the Snow White is released on Blu-ray, so next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah and there, um, for anyone interested in Oswald, there is a um, the short that they found a couple years ago in England is restored. And Give a horse? Get a horse? No. Um, <laughs> Uh, ho- Hoppin' Hobos, I think yeah. is what it's called. Um, it's they recently restored it, and it's not on the Blu-ray or the DVD, but it's on the digital copy that comes with it, or you can just buy it digitally. Remember when you just buy something, put it in, and choose from the menu and go. Yeah, those were the days. Those oh, were and the, the special. Day. I sent Fanboy an email. The special edition versions oh. that are out. It's yeah. obscene with oh, this. Mm-hmm. If you retailers. order it from Disney Store, you get four lithographs. Mm-hmm. But if you order it from Best Buy, you get a special lenticular cover. But if they buy it from Target, it you comes a with a 32-page storybook. Oh, yeah. The which, different which I don't, which in-store is called, exclusives. Which is called exclusive. But I don't know if it means that <laughs> that book is exclusive to Target or that book is exclusive with the DVD to Target. It's, it depends. Sometimes, exactly. it's, sometimes the book itself is not exclusive. But exactly. the book packaged with is—it's particularly bad of, with the Marvel releases. It's it just is it's crazy. But the worst—the worst that's ever happened, and luckily, well, thankfully for me, it wasn't a Disney release. Was Paramount with Star Trek Into Darkness? They basically made enough bonus features to do a two-day, two-disc Blu-ray set, and what they did instead was take disc two and parcel the bonus features between four different retailers. One oh, of which was exclusive kidding. to Canada. So if you're a Star Trek fan and you wanted all of the bonus features, you had to buy the movie four times. To get them all, they later, as an apology, re-released it with like an extended cut of the movie, and I think the IMAX ratio with all those bonus features packaged on the extra disc. But like that was that was an insult. I mean, I'm okay with like a special cover or something. Yeah, exactly. But if I want the content, I shouldn't have to. You know, you think it's you think it's bad with like Snow White or Good Dinosaur or any of these. Wait until Star Wars, until they start announcing Star Wars and the in-store exclusives, because you know every retailer is going to want their own special thing to get people to come buy Star Wars from them instead of their competitors. And Disney's just going to make extra money, because the diehard Star Wars fans are going to buy the movie a hundred times. And they have it with video games, too. Like, Mm -hmm. with Disney Infinity, if you bought it for PlayStation, you could get Boba Fett before anyone else. And for Battlefront, if you got it for Xbox or PlayStation 4 or well, whatever. Well, Disney Infinity with the Star Wars Rebels, each each individual Rebel was at a different store right. at launch. So you couldn't just walk into GameStop and buy all of them. You had to go to GameStop, Target, Walmart, yeah, they had, like, and Best Buy. For two or three weeks, they, they so were exclusive. Yeah. It's just, it's it's not I don't, customer I don't, friendly. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't think, I, 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 but I think they, you know. I end up buying none of them, I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah. I end up with so many choices, I go, F fooey. Mm-hmm. forget it. Yeah, I know. You know. I'm so I'm so vulgar. My, my, I mean, I know, I know, I know people Sorry. who will go to like Best Buy and uh, that's line what up. I say, I say, Fooey. for, for that's the Marvel the releases. For the Marvel releases, they do exclusive steel books at Best Buy. And steel books, if you're a home video fan, are, are a big collector piece, and they usually don't get that many. And like the Guardians of the Galaxy one, for example, was the tape cassette, mm-hmm. and like on the side, it even looked like a tape cassette oh, on the side, nice. but it was you know a Blu-ray size case. And, like, most Best Buys got about 10 of that for advertising and in-store exclusive. And so there was a line of about 15 people out front and only – and you could buy up to two. And so usually, like, everyone's buying up to eBay them. And then everyone else there it turns around and goes to Target to see if they can get their bonus feature there because now they've missed out on the steelbook. This, this you know? is why I buy all my movies on BitTorrent. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I think Disney's getting going to get rid of the vault I, I, system I do, I do, here I too. Get, I understand scarcity breeds demand. But I hate it because mm-hmm. then 
no one who actually wants the product gets, gets the it. product. Yeah, you know, b- people become speculators, and I don't blame. I mean, that's no, exactly. They, You've created not, the market. Right. No, no, no and, apologies you know, for people who take so, advantage. Yeah, I mean, the D twenty three Expo is a perfect example of mm-hmm. that, where they just create, you know, created an insultingly low. Oh yeah, edition size, and just you know. There was so little that even people who didn't know they wanted to buy it ended up wanting to buy it because they knew it was so low at that point and in demand. So then no one who actually wanted it got it or they had to pay an obscene price for it on the secondary market. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, it's, I, I just like a more sort of straightforward idea. You make a product for the amount of people you think are going to want it and you sell it to them. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. And, and then, then and if you sell out and people want more, make yeah, more. Right. It's so weird. Yeah. Supply and demand, just like get, the whole concept gets thrown out the window. Well, maybe it will be someday. Yeah, well, who knows? It's bizarre. Whatever. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I do? Thank you, Doris. <laughs> Someone's in a TCM mode. I love I TCM. I'm always in a TCM mode. We did not need to do a six-gun salute for Abe Vigoda mode. Despite his 92 years of life. He somehow managed to avoid yeah. Disney? 20 of which are after he was announced dead, by the way. <laughs> so, I mean, he's done, really? like, I would say, like, you know, one-shot episodes on ABC series, but nothing I would consider true Disney credit. Wow. I'm shocked. I looked. Speaking I'm of sure. TCM, There's a lot of credits to go through. Speaking of TCM, their star of the month this month was Fred McMurray. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they were playing any of his Disney films um, within the programming blocks. But as I've been watching, whenever they do like the long commercial breaks, um, they'll have like his his um, his uh, children or some of his co-stars who are still alive talk about him, and they've been referencing a lot of the Disney stuff. I think they did actually air some of his Disney stuff. Did they? I, saw I think Absent-Minded Professor was yeah, in the lineup. Right. I think that's the only one though. They didn't do Shaggy Dog. And they announced or... the new TCM lineup for. Um, Is it March? March. With, yeah. Uh, Twenty thousand leagues is kind of like the anchor movie. It's a lot yeah, of nature I, stuff. I, 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 but I'm bumped. And uh, submarines of anchors. Um, they, might be a bad idea. <laughs> um, so then, um, so it has like Operation Undersea, which was the Disneyland special, and mm-hmm. then a couple of uh, whatever shorts, and then some other nature esque themed movies, including like some 1983 release that was a sequel in Australia. Return to Snowy River? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, which I've, I've still never seen, so I'm excited to which check it out. Which extends the definition of treasure from the Disney vault. <laughs> treasure does not mean classic. It just means obscure in uh, this really sense. That's the, way, that's the way I've perceived it. Just because something is memorable does not make it historic. I agree. That's my point. Just because something has never been seen does not make it a treasure. No, because, I mean... Song of the South. Literally, so... I mean, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, I would consider classic, but a lot of the things that they've shown as part of the treasures of the Disney archives have not been classic. They've just been lesser known. Um... Which is still fun. I, I love. I love I'm that they do that. Bad. I'm not, I mean, I like it because we can all get. I mean, twenty thousand leagues is accessible. Yeah, whatever. But but it was just but neat to just see the term treasure. I, I'm almost see like rarities from the Disney Vault would probably be more apropos. Yeah, term. but it was just neat to see a um, star of the month that's a a Disney legend and b someone that I like first knew Disney of legend. the first Disney legend, someone that I, I knew of well before seeing them on TCM. Because usually I learn like more about the star of the month. It's someone that I'm not too familiar with and I learn a lot about them. And with this one I was like, Psh, I know. 
And then his daughter, she was encountering a um, or recounting a story of being at Disneyland with him, and a woman came up and slapped him. And there was some movie that he made like after um, uh, uh, as my professor, um, where he was not a good guy, um, and it was. I guess quite a promiscuous role for him to take. She came up and she slapped him and she said, I saw that movie. That was not Disney. And he, he like apologetically said, no, ma'am, it wasn't. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. Anything else you no. want to bring up today? We got a lot of Zootopia stuff coming, so keep an eye out. Oh, the that movie's going to be, be so good. Wall Zootopia. It's going to be so great. It's going to be a zoo up there. Uh, <laughs> okay. Shakira, Shakira. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. And um, we'll be back. Bye. Bye. Giddy.